You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in on a Thursday edition of the show. Hope you guys are all doing well. Today's podcast is going to be a little bit weird. We're going to talk about a game that by the time you hear this might actually be in the works or might not actually be in the works. That is the rumors of BYU and Coastal Carolina. I'm going to pass along everything I know about it and understand that it's going to be a very fluid situation. So a lot to get to on that front. Also need to talk about a solid bounce back win for BYU basketball inside Bubbleville as they down St. John's and now get ready to face off against Utah State on Saturday in Logan. So a lot to get to BYU football and BYU basketball to talk about. And let's break into it here with that rundown out of the way. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for December 3rd, 2020. What's up, friends? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking some time to download your daily podcast and joining us right here. A lot to get to on today's show, but let's start off with the hot news, and that is BYU football. Are the Cougars playing this weekend? Well, depends on who you ask. Uh... A lot of rumors out there yesterday started coming out mid-afternoon. BYU players, and more importantly, coaches, by the way. Last week, when the eyeball emoji thing happened, it was mainly BYU players who were putting out those tweets. But Jeff Grimes, Preston Hadley, uh, Jack DeMooney, just among some of the staff members at BYU that I saw putting out tweets that had those eyeball emojis that meant something was up, and started digging into it, started hearing from people, and it sounds like BYU, and this was yesterday, is chasing a game against Coastal Carolina. There's one problem, obviously. Coastal Carolina currently is slated to face off against Liberty University in a nationally televised game that is supposed to have College Game Day, ESPN's College Football Showcase show, which happens Saturday mornings, live there at Coastal Carolina. So a lot of people wondering, okay, what is going on here? Then you saw the reports out of Liberty yesterday saying that they are having issues with COVID-19. Bruce Feldman reporting that the entire defensive staff at Liberty has not been available this week, as well as all but one defensive player for the Flames being out either due to testing or contact tracing. And it's unknown how many of them will be available to play this week, if any. Obviously, you don't have a defense. Going to make it tough to play a football game. Now, As I said in the open, this, by the time you're hearing it, obviously could be old news in many different ways. BYU and Coastal Carolina could have announced a game already. They could be set to play Saturday down there at Coastal Carolina with College Game Day still on tap, have a top 20 showdown between the number 13 Cougars and the number 18 Chanticleers, and I hope that's what happens. Honestly, if you're asking me, Jake, what do you want to see happen? I want that matchup. And who would have thought, by the way, on just a tangent real quick here, who would have thought that BYU fans and Coastal Carolina fans would be facing off against one another on social media and the teams facing off on the field as top 20 ranked programs? That is peak 2020, if you ask me, by the way. We've been clamoring for BYU to get a marquee opponent this year. And of all things, is Coastal Carolina... 
2020 is weird, folks. It's been weird all year long. We're in the final month of this crazy year, and who knows? Maybe it's the Cougars and the Chanticleers for all the marbles when it comes to New Year's Six opportunities and the like. But like I said, I hope this happens. Obviously, as well, if Liberty University is able to get their things in order, get their ducks in a row, that could end up the game still goes on as planned currently, according to Coastal Carolina, between the Flames and the Chanticleers. There are so many different ways this could go, folks, and it would be an absolutely disappointing way to have BYU have another game stripped away from them if they see it uh, end up with Liberty playing that game against Coastal Carolina. Like I said, I'm hopeful that BYU is going to be playing this game Saturday at some point. The game currently is scheduled for a 12 p.m. Mountain Time kickoff, 2 p.m. Eastern Time local time on ESPNU. College game day will be there in the morning, obviously. That'll be on ESPN. And it's an absolute huge showcase. Any of you that remember when BYU had uh, game day here, was it the TCU game was the last time that they were here? It's just a marvelous, marvelous showcase event for your university. It's the first time they're going to Coastal Carolina. And to have BYU come in for that game, I think would up the ante so much more. ESPN, Kirk Herbstreet, uh, guys like Desmond Howard, uh, Bill Connolly, who writes for ESPN.com, they have really been champions for BYU. They've really been standing up for the Cougars when it comes to the college football playoff rankings. If you th- want to know what I think about this, I think ESPN wants to see BYU play this game. That's my personal gut feeling. I can't report that. I don't have hashtag sources inside the worldwide leader, but I'm just thinking based on everything I'm reading and hearing and just making an informed inference on this, I think ESPN would like to see BYU play this game against Coastal Carolina, and I hope they do. I can tell you this much. BYU players, coaches, staff members, equipment team, whoever you want to name, are anticipating playing a game this weekend. They have been anticipating playing a game all week long. They have practiced with the intent that they would be playing a football game this week. They didn't know who. They didn't know when. They didn't know where. But they have practiced and they have gone to work getting ready to play a football game. If it comes out that it's Coastal Carolina, I can tell you this much. The staff has begun making game planning, etc. Making game plans. I guess not ga- making game planning. They've begun making game plans for this contest. You're doing it on short notice. There's no doubt about it. To find out on a Wednesday evening you might potentially play this game, well, you're probably three days behind on your normal way you prep for a game. But you know what? You just go out there. You take this game. And everything I have heard about BYU from people down there is all week long, the Cougars were just waiting and waiting, hoping that they would have an opponent pop up. The Pac-12 was a potential target if they had some games canceled due to COVID-19. And who's to say that if the Liberty game doesn't, uh, if the Liberty Coastal game comes through where those two are playing, who's to say that a Pac-12 game today, speaking of Thursday, doesn't pop up and all of a sudden the Pac-12 needs somebody and BYU's on speed dial. BYU has every intention of playing this weekend, whether it's at Coastal Carolina, whether it's on the road in the Pac-12 somewhere or anywhere in between. That's the East Coast and the West Coast, pretty much anywhere in between. BYU wants to play football. I feel like this team feels the disrespect and they feel like they've been disrespected by the college football playoff committee with that number 13 ranking. They want to make a statement to the country. 
getting a top 20 opponent, no matter who it is, Ute fans, Utah State fans, other fans out there were saying, why would you be crowing about playing Coastal Carolina? They're a top 20 ranked program, dummy. Pardon the, the harsh language there, but it, it, you, you, can't, you take what you can get. I'm sick of BYU being denigrated against. I'm, I'm sick of it. it. It just, it irks me that BYU can apparently do nothing right despite having a 9-0 record, being ranked in both the AP and uh, coaches polls at number 8, number 13 in the college football playoff rankings, knocking on the door of the New Year's Six. And you know what? All they can get is get harped on. You know what? So be it. I hope BYU plays. I hope they leave Zach Wilson in for all four quarters, put the foot to the floor, put that accelerator to the floor, the pedal to the metal, and lay as many points on whoever they play as is humanly possible in that game. That's what I want to see from this BYU football program. If they go out there and get exposed, well, you know what? Maybe they were the paper tiger that people have been saying they are. But guess what? You can only find that out by playing a football game. And here's hoping that by the time you hear this, either we're hearing that the game is official, it's put in ink, the contract is signed, sealed, and delivered, and they're playing, or we're waiting to hear about another opponent potentially. I want to see BYU play, and what I am hearing out of Provo is they are very bullish on their opportunity to play this weekend, particularly against Coastal Carolina, and if not, they'll look around to see if they can find somebody else, and I think there's a big opportunity for the Cougars staring them in the face, and I'm looking forward to it, frankly. I'm very excited to see what BYU has got going for them here in the next 24 to 48 hours. So there you go. Everything I know about the situation and like I said, I'm very excited. I'm very high on BYU's chances against the likes of Coastal Carolina, and I'm hoping they go out there and absolutely lay wood against whoever they play, and like I said, make that statement to the nation and especially to the college football playoff committee. Will it be enough? Who knows? But you can only go out there and control the controllable, and that is play a game, win the game, and move on. All right, there you go. Some BYU football talk. Let's talk some BYU basketball here in just a moment. A big bounce back win for the Cougars over St. John's yesterday in Bubbleville. We'll examine that. And by the way, BYU may have a budding star on their hands out of the JUCO ranks. We'll talk about that here in just a moment. Real quick, though, if you guys would like to be involved with the Locked On Cougars podcast, we'd love to have you guys on board. We're looking for advertisers right now, so if you'd like to advertise to an upscale male audience that has got disposable income, well, guess what? You've come to the right place. The Locked On Podcast Network, as well as us here at Locked On Cougars, would love to have you guys involved and market your product, your service, your industry, whatever it might be to all of our listeners. We have thousands of BYU fans tuning in from across the country, especially right here along the Wasatch Front. I'd love to get you guys in front of them. The Locked On Podcast Network, our sales team can help you have success in the digital realm, particularly in the podcast sphere, which is really hard to navigate in many facets, but they're set to help you guys out and help you do that. So if you'd like to be involved with us, we'd love to have you guys on board. Feel free to email us. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address to reach out. We'll get you in touch with our sales team and get you on on the road to podcast advertising success with us here on the Locked On Podcast Network and especially right here on Locked On Cougars. Let's talk some BYU basketball, folks. The Cougars were in Bubbleville for their second and final game there at the Mohegan Sun in Uncasville, Connecticut. Excuse me, not Colorado, Connecticut. I don't know where Colorado came from. Anyways, BYU bounces back with an impressive 74-68 win over St. John's. BYU now is 4-1 and one on the season. And I have to say, early on in this game, I was worried we are going to see another situation that we saw against USC where BYU just couldn't hit the broad side of the barn shooting. 
That's when Alex Barcelo showed up. Hit eight of his nine first shots. uh, Really showed out as a senior leader for BYU, bouncing back from just that awful, dreadful showing against the Trojans on Tuesday. And I have to say, during all the Coastal Carolina stuff, I was trying to focus on this game. And it was hard, obviously, because I'm taking phone calls, got text messages flying everywhere, DMs on Twitter, uh, Facebook Messenger. But watching this game... I really enjoyed what BYU showed in terms of their makeup because they bounced back in a big way, especially in the second half. The Cougars shot 56% in the second half of that game. It looked more like to me from BYU as they learned a lot from that USC setback. You wondered if the comments from Mark Pope to Gregor Bell that we played on yesterday's podcast would get through to his guys. Well, it sure sounds that way. Uh, Gideon George, by the way, we'll talk about him here in just a second, but it was interesting to hear Coach Pope talk about the fact that George apparently woke up at what, like 3 a.m. or whatever he said, and was just so upset about the loss to USC, was just motivated to get back out there and help BYU prove that they were better than what they showed against USC, and they proved it. Obviously, I don't think uh, St. John's is in the same class as a team like USC, but St. John's is a Big East team, folks, and Big East holds a lot of weight in college basketball because it's one of the premier conferences, if not the premier college basketball conference out there, and it was a good win for BYU. I was impressed by the fight that they showed bouncing back from the USC debacle. And like I said, it was good to see Alex Barcelo finish with 20 points in this game, played 36 minutes, really stuffed the stat sheet, tongue twister, they don't try and say that five times fast, but he had 20 points, five assists, three rebounds, two steals. Barcelo looked every bit the team captain that BYU has been expecting him to be. He didn't have a good game against USC, but you like to see good players bounce back from those outings. And he played the most minutes in this game. Like I said, 36, shot 8 of 11 from the field, 3 of 6 from 3-point. And BYU as a team, 45%, a market improvement over the 27.5% they shot against USC. And also 37% from 3 was a better showing as well. Let's talk about Gideon George, by the way, folks. We're looking at a guy who I think is going to be a breakout sensation for BYU, and I'm not alone on this. John Rothstein, a lot of you probably follow him on Twitter, said, quote, BYU is a future WCC star in Gideon George. Will be a menace for the Cougars. Mark Pope and co. leave the Mohegan Sun with a split after today's win over St. John's. So John Rothstein thinks that uh, Gideon George is a future star for BYU. And watching Gideon George play, boy, he was great. 15 rebounds in this game, two big ones down the stretch, hit three or four free throws to help seal the win for the Cougars. Man, what a find. Plain and simple, what a find by Mark Pope and his staff to get Gideon George out of New Mexico Junior College and get him to BYU. He's six foot six, and I'm not going to lie, the impact he's having right now for BYU, and I, let's be clear about this. We're gonna make it, I'm going to make it a comparison to a guy who ended up being a conference player of the year, but has a similar background, I think, in terms of his route to getting to BYU. And who am I speaking of? Some of you may have guessed it. Kena Young. Obviously, Keena Young came to BYU out of junior college and was an undersized forward, but was an 
absolutely sensational player for the Cougars. I think Young ran about six foot, six foot seven, if I recall correctly. Maybe not even that tall, but was just a truly two way player. And I know two way player doesn't really fit in the basketball parlance. It's more of a soccer term, I, I would guess, by most people's account. But what I mean by it is a guy who impacts the game on both the offensive and the defensive end of the court. And that's what Gideon George is showing so far. He obviously is going to be an elite wing defender, can defend the opposing team's best player. I know Champagne had a good game for St. John's, leading them with 25 points in the loss. And good showing for him. And props to St. John's, by the way. They, they fought hard. There's no doubt about that. They only lost by six. So they were right in this game all the way to the end. But I, I look at it, and I think Gideon George is going to be a guy that BYU fans are really going to enjoy. Is he going to be Keenan Young and end up being a conference player of the year? I, I, I'd be hard-pressed to say that, especially in the new reality that BYU exists in basketball-wise because Gonzaga is the number one team in the country, folks. Seemingly, if Gonzaga has a player who leads them in scoring, they're probably your odds-on favorite to win the West Coast Conference Player of the Year award every single year. But I think the impact that a guy like Gideon George could have on BYU could be Kena Young-like. Uh, any of you who may not recall Kena Young, I would encourage you guys to Google, read up on him. He was a sensational player. I loved watching Kena Young play. He had a really cool backstory, having been a high school teammate of Kendrick Perkins. Uh, Perk, a guy who ended up playing in the NBA for a number of years, now a college basketball and NBA commentator for ESPN, had offers from all over the country. Uh, they were high school teammates, him and Kena Young, and they were thought to be a package deal if you could get uh, Kena Young, you probably got Kendrick Perkins. Uh, Perkins ended up just going straight to the NBA and kind of bypassed a lot of things and offers that would have been there for Kena Young dried up and he ended up having to go the Juco route. He goes the Juco route, becomes a fantastic player at that level. Uh, BYU and Steve Cleveland snapped him up. He played for Dave Rose as well there at BYU and ends up being the Mountain West Conference Player of the Year. Just a sensational story. Maybe he didn't even play for Steve Cleveland. I may have my years mixed up on that, but regardless, it doesn't mess up the narrative that I'm trying to craft here. But it was just fun to see a guy like Keenan Young make good on what he could do on the court. And it appears, and like I said, it's still very early on. We're only five games in to Gideon George's tenure as a BYU Cougar. But this is a guy... I am extremely impressed with, and like I said, what a find by Mark Pope and his staff, snapping him up out of junior college there in New Mexico, the New Mexico Junior New Mexico Junior College, where he's coming from, and he's got a fabulous backstory. Obviously, coming from Nigeria, uh, if you read Juco Advocate on Twitter, said that he was he would sleep at night next to a court and would be chased off by cops, and then would come back throughout the night trying to get some sleep, and would get chased away again, and then ends up playing back basketball all day long to prove himself. He hasn't been playing basketball that long. I think most people said four, five, six years at the very most. This is just a marvelous made-for-TV drama series for a guy like Gideon George. And what he's doing so far for BYU this season is extremely impressive. So a great win for BYU. Good to see them bounce back from the loss against USC and down the Johnnies. But like I said, it's now a, a, a building block for BYU. 
You got pummeled. You got your tail kicked. But you know what? You woke up the next day, went right back to work, and picked up a solid win over a solid team. That is a building block for a team that I think needed something like that to prove to themselves, you know what? We're not as bad as we looked like against USC. And you know what? We're pretty good. We can go out there and prove it to people. Now you have another test coming up on Saturday when BYU heads north to the spectrum. They're going to play the Utah State Aggies. Craig Smith, the Utah State head coach, has officially, I guess not officially, announced is what I should say, that he has tested positive for COVID-19 and will not be coaching the Aggies in that game. But it's an in-state rivalry. Utah State, a very proud program. Nimi Ishketa, a fantastic player. They lost Sam Merrill from the Aggies last year, a draft pick by the Milwaukee Bucks. But we'll Preview more of that game tomorrow. Going to be another tough matchup for BYU and going into next week when you have Boise State and Utah also ahead. Big week and a half ahead here for the Cougars, but a solid, solid victory all the same for BYU as they take down St. John's and get out of Bubbleville with a split and now look ahead to in-state rivalries and regional rivalries against the likes of Boise State. So a tip of the cap once again to BYU and like I said we'll preview the Utah State game more in depth tomorrow, give you more of a look at Justin Bean, Nemish Keta, and the rest of the Aggies as the Cougars try to pick up their first, I guess second in-state win of the season beating UVU obviously an in-state win as well but the big one would be Utah State obviously followed by Utah and we'll be looking forward to that over the next week or so for the Cougars. Alright, coming up here in just a second, we have some other news and notes with BYU Sports. Need to catch you guys up on. We'll get to all of that ahead. Real quick though, it is that time folks. We need to pick a winner for your guys' support of the podcast. And if you're new to the podcast, what we've been doing, we've been asking for you guys to leave us a rating and review, especially on Apple Podcast, of what you like about the show. Leave us a five-star rating. Leave us a sentence or two in the comments of what you like about the show, etc. And I promised you guys we'd hook a listener up with some free Nike gear and you know what we're making good on it today and the way I do this is in my radio job at the Zone Sports Network do a lot of giveaways as well and we have what we call a random number generator and all of you who have submitted your ratings and reviews for the Locked On Cougars podcast well you had a number associated with you what I do is I put all of them in that random number generator I say run the numbers. I run them three, four, five times and I have a number pop up and guess what? That's who wins the gear. And I'll be honest with you guys. I've been giving away gear for about three months now. I've been doing periodic giveaways and we'll keep doing it so long as I've got this gear. I will give it away. I'm happy to give it away and I hope you guys will continue to support the podcast because it truly brings me a lot of joy to see you guys enjoying what I'm doing on a daily basis. So without further ado, let's hook you guys up. Our winner today is Diesel Fox One. And here's what he said. Jake is always prepared with great topics and facts. Been a listener from day one. Keep the blue goggles rolling. Well, I don't necessarily own blue goggles, but I'm happy to wear them and support the Cougars and make sure you guys are the most informed BYU fans out there. So Diesel Fox, reach out to me, email me, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. We'll get you hooked up with some of that BYU Nike gear. And like I said, you guys still have a chance to win gear over the coming days and weeks. We'll do another giveaway soon. If you'd like to be entered to win, leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts as well as a sentence or two what you like about the show, and you'll be entered to win moving forward. But Diesel Fox won. Congratulations. You have won today. Like I said, shoot me an email, lockedonbyu at gmail.com, and we'll get you hooked up.
All right, folks, as we round out this Thursday edition of the podcast, let's run down some of the other news and notes we haven't touched on this week. It's been a busy week so far on the podcast. So let's catch up on a couple of things. First things first, many of you saw the all-in campaign that BYU has put out there trying to cover up a nearly $20 million budget shortfall. They put out an update, I believe it might have been over last week, it might have been early this week, I, the days kind of run together, but they announced they had raised just over $2 million of the $20 million, so just over 10% of their goal and I did the math based on the numbers they put out of the number of donations versus what they had raised and it came out to an average of almost $875 per donation obviously some donations are much larger than others let's be clear about that but my tip my cap to BYU fans that's impressive that BYU fans are opening up their pocketbooks to support BYU athletics through all of this I'm not sure there are many athletic departments out there that could put out a call like BYU has and have people just immediately respond so props to you and if you haven't done so already consider giving to the all-in campaign it keeps BYU sports afloat keeps them solvent keeps them in the black because as many of you know and if you don't BYU Athletics is not subsidized by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. They never have been, or at least they haven't been for the last 50-plus years, and they never will be based on everything I have heard. They have to raise all the money they spend themselves. ESPN TV deal helps, obviously, the home gates when it's not 2020 and you actually have fans in the stands helps out. BYU needs the help. And you know what? If you have the means to do so, please donate. Please consider doing so. Right now, they have the Light the World campaign that the LDS Church is putting on. Giving Tuesday was earlier this week, so you have an opportunity to maybe make up for that if you haven't donated this week. Maybe consider supporting the mission of BYU Athletics and helping further their mission by contributing to that. A couple of other notes here. Congratulations to Shaylee Gonzalez. She led a BYU women's basketball to a big win over LSU last week in Las Vegas. They lost their second game down there at the event they were playing in Sin City, but Shaylee Gonzalez, folks, when she went out last year with that ACL injury, it really hurt BYU. BYU's chances. She is back and she is an awesome, awesome player. If you have an opportunity to watch BYU women's basketball in action, Shaylee Gonzalez is worth the price of admission alone. I would encourage you guys to check it out. She's capable of going for 30 plus points on any given night. Just a fantastic, fantastic hoops player. And she's a fun personality as well. She has a great time. Seems like she's having a great time when she's playing hoop. So I'd encourage you guys to check that out. Congratulations to her on that West Coast Conference Player of the Week award. It is her second in her BYU career. And then finally, congratulations to QB1. Zach Wilson himself named to the Davey O'Brien Award, uh, what, semifinalist list. He is going to be a guy who's going to make a run for this award this year. I'll be honest with you guys. I thought the days of BYU winning the big quarterback trophies, the Sammy Baugh, the Davey O'Brien, those type of awards were in the past. This year has proven to me that if you have a good quarterback, an elite quarterback, one of the greatest that you've had in many, many years, like a Zach Wilson, it's not out of reach. So congratulations to Zach Wilson. Here's hoping that he can bring home the hardware, add another Davy O'Brien award to BYU in their trophy cases there at the Student Athlete Building. But regardless, the national pub that this young man is garnering for himself 
and this BYU football program. It's pretty, pretty cool to see what's going on there. So congratulations to Zach on that front. And like I said, here's hoping that Zach and his boys are out there on the field on that teal-colored field at Coastal Carolina this weekend. Would love to see it happen. We'll make sure to have everything covered for you as much as we possibly can. Keep it locked on social media to the Locked On Cougars podcast. Search us out on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, at Locked On Cougars. We'll bring you the latest when it comes to BYU sports as well as the latest when it comes to the podcast. My personal Twitter feed, where I update a lot of stuff as well, is Jacob C. Hatch. And feel free to reach out anytime via email. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. I know some of you have sent in questions this week. I haven't had a chance to address them. We'll try to get them try to get to them on a Friday edition tomorrow. So stay tuned for that. And a big thank you once again for your continued support of the podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to join you guys each day and talk BYU sports with you. All right, that's going to do it for a Thursday. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day whenever you hear this. And here's hoping that we hear good news about BYU and Coastal Carolina in short order. Have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for December 3rd, 2020. And we will talk to you guys. Yeah,